Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rodrigo, and right alongside, of course, each and every uh, Tuesday morning is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, professional, excuse me, Cindy Miller, and of course, we are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy, and welcome. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing Hello. fantastic. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Yeah, Good. I, can hear I didn't you. know if you heard me. So yeah, it's no, still snowing in Buffalo. Oh, <laughs> well, ble- as they say here in the South, bless your heart. Um, <laughs> well, we got a great we got a great show for you this morning uh, on the Women of Golf Show, and uh, let me just tell everybody real quick, and then uh, we'll let you know who's going to be on the show this morning. Uh, of course, we are live every Tuesday mornings from nine to ten a.m. Eastern. Uh, standard time here on the blogtalkradio.com network and just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf during the live broadcast and you can catch us there uh, or you can scroll down and check out the on-demand section and get not only today's show uh, but all of the previously aired shows as well in their entirety there in the recorded version on the on-demand section so if you can't join us live not to worry uh, you can get us uh, whenever it's convenient for you Uh, you can also find us if you go to itunes.com stitcher.com and now tunein.com, and under the podcast section, again, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well. Uh, always would love to hear from you on the uh, live broadcast. You're welcome to call in. The number to call is area code 347-945-5855, and you can certainly email uh, Cindy and I. Uh, our respective emails are as follows. Cindy's is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com so we'd love to hear from you got a great show Cindy this morning we're going to be uh, featuring first off on the show we're going to be speaking with Stephanie Meadow and uh, she played in this last weekend's uh, Symmetra Tour event that uh, we talked about the previous week uh, the Iowa Championship presented at the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa in Tuckwet uh, Canyon and this is her uh, first win on the Symmetra Tour but she's uh, certainly no stranger to golf and let me just tell you a little bit about her and then we'll wait for her to, uh, to come on board. Um, Stephanie uh, Meadow is a first-time winner, as I mentioned, on the Symmetra Tour uh, after winning uh, this past weekend's um, IOA Championship. She entered in the final round seven shots back, but stayed the course and won the first hole of a sudden-death playoff against Carly Silvers. Uh, she's from Jordanstown, North, uh, Northern Ireland, and is the first woman from Northern Ireland to not only win on the Symmetra Tour, but play on the LPGA Tour as well. She qualified for the big stage through the 2014 LPGA Qualifying Tournament, uh, earning conditional status for 2015. Uh, She played on that throughout not only 2015, but 2016 and 17 as well. And she's uh, had an illustrious uh, collegiate career at the University of Alabama up in Tuscaloosa, uh, where she was a four-time All-American. And after her time in Tuscaloosa, she played uh, in the 2014 U.S. Open, where she finished solo third so quite an accomplished player uh to say the least and then later on in the show of course we're going to be joined by Kara Moore who is an LBJ teaching a club professional at the uh Everybody Golf School in Oakton Virginia we'll be joined by her in the second half but um quite a quite an interesting accolade uh, for Stephanie isn't it awesome yeah totally awesome so clearly yeah, so she's we're looking a player forward. yeah I- exactly um, so all, all kidding aside, while we wait for her to, um, we were talking just before we went live and, uh, as I was just about to say to you, and then we went live was, um, that you're spinning plates again. You've been pretty busy. So what have you been up to? Just teaching a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and writing some articles and blogs. Phase Golf has launched and, 
you know, they need blog articles. I, I write columns for the Buffalo News. Um, so I've had to write some of those and giving, you know, 17 lessons a day. So everybody wow. in Buffalo is waiting for spring and there's snow on the ground. So thank God we have a, a dome teaching. Otherwise, right. we would be in trouble. Yeah, um, I know we're we're getting a little bit of the cool air blowing down here, so it, it's been a little bit uh, certainly not nowhere near as bad as what you have it up there. But like you said, you've got the dome to uh, to uh, teach in and, and so forth, so it makes a, a certainly a big difference. Not um, can we get a little sneak peek at some of the articles that you're writing, or or do you want to wait till they they hit the the print? Um, well, the one for phase golf is about having fun and the value of playing golf you know, that what you can get out of it. And the one for the right. Buffalo News is all about finding it. And um, your why, your what, and your how. And we talked a Very little cool. bit about the masters and having um, three different controls, physical control, mental control, and emotional control. So I mentioned um, right. three of the players from Sunday's round of Augusta, and mm-hmm. said that uh, R- Rory lost his physical control, and Patrick right. Reed displayed mental control like I've never seen, and right, John right. Rahm needs a little more emotional control. Yeah, wasn't that terrible? Was that a, what was it on thirteen or fifteen that he hit that into the water? Um, yeah, it just was a bad shot. I think it was. I think it was thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't get to see. Uh, a lot of it on the weekend. I did watch a little bit on Sunday. Um, and, of course, Jordan Spieth um, ran into a little bit of trouble towards the end there. I mean, they were tied, actually. Reed and, and Spieth were tied at 14 uh, under at one point. And then, obviously, Reed had a few more holes to play. And I think it was on hole 17 that uh, he, he sort of uh, – when, when Spieth was on 17, excuse me, that uh, Reed uh, shot a birdie on his hole. And I don't remember what hole he was on, but uh, ended up going to 15 under. So – um, certainly played some, some interesting golf. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I got to say this and, and I'm a little bit disappointed at, at, you know, normally when the masters is over, there's a lot of, uh, positive hype, but unfortunately, and I don't want to get into it cause I don't believe in that, but, uh, there was a little bit of negative hype surrounding Reed, uh, since the weekend. And, and it kind of bothers me a little bit that they're getting into the personal lives of, of the players a little bit too much. I think, what do you think about that? Um, well, I think viewers and fans want to know who the person is. They want to get to know him. And I feel sorry for him, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I think it's sad. Um, our son knows him very well and helped him get recruited to Augusta State when he got kicked off of Georgia's team. And I've heard some of the stuff and... Um, I haven't heard all of it and I don't really want to hear all of it. I feel like, right. I, you know, I don't want to spread bad gossip about people. I just think it's the wrong thing to do. So I kind of feel sorry for him and I'm going to pray for him. Yeah, I, I agree as well. You know, I, I think sometimes it goes a little bit too far. I mean, certainly we want to, um, get to know the players and, and, and that, but I think there, there's some lines sometimes that, that get blurred or get crossed. And I was just really surprised because I, I didn't see a lot of the, the, the um, articles and that that came out right after, but somebody was telling me yesterday, um, you know, asked if I had read this or read that. And, and I was kind of shocked because I, I really didn't follow a lot of that. And I normally don't. And uh, it, it just was a little bit surprising, but, um, but anyways, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's, he's got that win. That's certainly going to, going to help him uh, move forward. And I'm sure the, the 1.98, I think it was million dollars that he won for first prize, I'm sure is not going to be anything that's uh, going to create any concern for him, uh, you know, for that. So, um, you know, uh, hopefully he'll spend that well and, and invest it well, but um, congratulations anyways, to Patrick Reed for, for winning this uh, 2018 masters. What a great, uh, what a great event. Um, you know, it's interesting. Let me just very quickly, uh, again, while we wait for Stephanie uh, to, to come on board, um, 
you know, last weekend or last uh, Thursday, excuse me, on uh, on Golf Talk Live, I had uh, Peter Kessler was my special guest in the second half of the show. And he talked about uh, Augusta National. We talked a little bit about the, the upcoming tournament. Of course, it was uh, just started on Thursday. And um, just some interesting uh, facts about it. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, I think he said, I forget how many different uh, apple trees uh, and how many different uh, variations of pears that, uh, you know, were, were grown at Augusta National. I didn't realize that. I mean, obviously, I knew it wasn't Augusta National forever, but I didn't realize some of the history. And also the other thing that I didn't know is at sort of the birth of the azaleas here in the South uh, was spawned from Augusta National, which I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, I didn't know, I didn't that, know either. that either. Yeah, I was re- no. And, and I mean, listen, I, I wouldn't even fact check. I wouldn't even consider fact checking Peter because, you know, as most people know, if they know him at all, of course, he was the uh, uh, original uh, golf announcer uh, when Golf Channel first started up back in the early 90s. And um, he's considered to be, in fact, he's world-renowned, one of the uh, leading golf historians. So he knows all this stuff and, you know, can go back, you know, 100-something years and, and tell you, you know, what so-and-so shot. And it was quite an interesting conversation. So if you get a chance, uh, uh, you should go and listen to it. He, it's, he's got some great stories. Um, we talked a little bit about Tiger, of course, and, and uh, you know, some of the experiences that he's had with Tiger over the years and uh, really obviously has a lot of respect for him. But it was really some of the, the, the course information that uh, that he brought out about Augusta National that really kind of surprised me the most because I didn't know any of that first off. But uh, especially about these areas was just I, I found very interesting because uh, I didn't know that. I mean, they're all over the place here in the south, and I, I didn't know that that was uh, sort of the birthplace of, of these areas here. So it was kind of interesting. Very cool. But, uh, yeah, very cool indeed. So as I said, we're, we're going to wait here for just a, a little bit. Um, hopefully she'll she'll join us sh- shortly. I hope there wasn't a mix-up in the time. I know that uh, I uh, was in touch with, with Zach Sapanik, who, of course, is the media official from uh, the Cementor Tour yesterday afternoon, and uh, he was going to uh, to reach out and just confirm the time and everything with her. So hopefully uh, everything's all right. And if not, well, we'll have to maybe have her back another time, and we'll just have to wing it for the first 20 minutes or so left in this segment but um but anyways uh so you've been doing lots of lessons um you had a of course uh did you you had another boot camp was that correct i think uh here just before we've got uh, we've got one next week yeah Uh, next week that's right okay that's why i'm and you're going i'll be flying to orlando next week so you're going back to orange county national we are we are it's just too good of a place and they're too nice to us, and the golf course is awesome, and the practice facilities, and the, the tooth, and the food, and everything is just perfect. So that's where we're going. I'm going to do another boot camp in Seattle the day after. It's a one-day school the day after the um, uh, Legends Tour event in June. Oh, wow. Which I'm looking forward Very to cool. doing. Yeah, yeah. Very very cool. Now, let me ask you, um, well, we, well, I can say, well, we've got some time here. What do you, when you sign people up for this boot camp, what do you say to them what they need to prepare? Um, do you do anything special that you say to them, you know, I want you to, to be thinking about this. I want you to be really focusing about this when you come down to the boot camp because here are some of the things. Do you give them an idea of what the agenda is going to be? I mean, obviously some maybe have repeated, have been to a previous one, so they have a kind of an idea. But say for a, new, a newbie, if you will, a new person that's just uh, signed up for the boot camp, what do you sort of uh, discuss with them ahead of time as to what they should be prepared for and, and what they should be looking forward to? Well, on the website, there's an itinerary of everything that we're going to be doing. And once they mm-hmm. commit to come, I have them fill out a survey to tell me, you know, where they're at, you know, what, how long have they played, have they ever been to a school before, um, how often do they take lessons, what they really want to improve, why they're signing up for the camp, what their goals are, what they want to achieve. Um, so that's basically you know, we find that out. And then once they're registered, we, um, they have to take golf psych assessment, a mental golf profile. Um, they take the disc golf assessment to find out their behavior style. 
mm-hmm. they take a learning style assessment so that we know whether they're wow. audio, visual, or kinesthetic. So I, it's really all about them and, right. you know, who they are, what they want to learn, why they're coming, blah, 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 you know. So it's not about me. It's about them. So we tailor the school to make sure each student reaches their goals. Right. So you, you obviously do a lot of preparation uh, ahead of time, not just preparing for the school itself, but getting to know the, a little bit about the students as well. So you have an idea of how to, to sort of tailor, because uh, as you mentioned, you know, you have obviously different learning styles and things like that you might want to deal with. And, and you know, obviously there's nothing worse than, than if somebody's a, a more of an audio as opposed to a visual or vice versa. Um, you want to make sure that um, you're approaching that particular student the correct way because, uh, you know, it can make it a little more challenging for them if, if you're not, uh, uh, you know, understanding their learning style. So you obviously through the different assessments, you gather as much information as, as humanly possible uh, about each of the students before they come so that you and Alan can, can sort of, uh, you know, uh, work with them in a more effective way, correct? Yes, yes. And, you know, it's really important now, because, it, you know, you're the one that's swinging the club, so you've got to know exactly what you're doing. Right. You know? and, and I know, yeah, and I know from, from past experience, you know, from you talking about it and from some of the, the students that have we've had on the show and that, and we're, we're going to have some more uh, as time goes on, but, um, you know, it, it's a tough boot camp. It's not easy. Do you ever get any students that come there and say, wow, this is tougher than I thought it was going to be? Or they pretty much uh, know what to expect. No, they get it. They get it. I speak to them. You know, I don't want somebody to come and, you know, really get to where they can't do the physical work. That would not be good. Um, so they understand. Right. And they're exhausted. You know, I tell them bring Band-Aids and Advil and tape and a hat and sunscreen. <laughs> but, you know, you're outside for 10 hours a day. And yeah. So that's why it's called boot camp. Right, exactly. Well, that's that's what I mean. So they obviously have an, a, a good understanding of of what's going on and and uh, what to expect. And and you know what you want you want it to be, um, you know you want it to be a good experience for them, and you want them to be learning. And and uh, you know especially for some of the ones that that want to play maybe collegiate golf. Uh, a little bit later on or, or have aspirations of, of playing maybe in a more professional setting, um, they're going to have to learn how to grind it out. Uh, so, you know, a 10-hour day is is uh, something they're going to have to get used to, correct? Absolutely. So, in fact, it might uh, be longer. They can take than, breaks, yeah. too. <laughs> might, yeah. Sure. They can take sure, breaks, of course. Well. I mean, yeah, I, yeah exactly. Um, well, that's fantastic. Um well, I'm not too sure what's uh, what's happened here this morning, but it looks like we might be uh, have to continue winging it for a few more minutes till Car comes on. I'm not sure what happened. We'll I'll reach out to uh, to um, the Smetra Tour after. Uh, perhaps it was a mix up in the time difference. I know that they were out on California time, uh, which is two hours behind us, so they may have gotten uh, she may have gotten a little bit confused with the uh, with the time. But uh, nonetheless, we want to congratulate uh, Stephanie Meadow for winning this past weekend's Iowa championship uh, on the Smetra tour and having a uh, first win under her belt, I'm sure is, is going to be, um, you know, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Cindy, I guess beneficial at least to say, to, to be able to help propel her a little further down the line. Um, what do you think does it mean as a professional, Cindy, you know, getting that win? I mean, you've obviously won some tournaments uh, and, and different events that you've played in that, um, getting that sort of first win over is, is a big hurdle, obviously. But um, let me uh, – actually, I think we might have her here, so let me just bring her on board. Hi, good morning, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. Is this Stephanie? This is Kara. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Kara, that's even better. I'm sorry. Um, well, glad you could join us a little bit early. Um, hang, just, hang tight for just a second, uh, Kara. And Cindy, go ahead and answer that if, if you don't mind. I don't know what you asked me. <laughs> oh. Say that say uh, that again. Get, yeah, getting that sort of first win, you know, for a player, for a tour player, um, regardless of what level they're at, is obviously uh, an important thing. It, it helps for confidence in that. But, uh, 
you you know you've been in that boat yourself uh, a number of times over the years. What's what what goes through your mind um, when you get that first win? What does it do to you psychologically, if you will, um, getting that first win under your belt? Uh, what it does is gives you belief and verification that what you're doing is really what you're supposed to be doing, rather than uh, see the game of golf is is one that it takes so long typically to improve and it takes so many hours of investment in time and money to get better. And then it takes trusting yourself as you watch Patrick Reed. I mean, there were four people knocking at the door trying to, you know, dethrone him over the weekend. And he had to stay stay so mentally tough to commit to that goal. And, you know, so doubts will creep in and, and you're just not sure of yourself. So, you're going to be tested, and when you get that first win, it's like, oh, okay, good. Now let's do this again. You know, so you understand right. that all the work you've put in has really been worth the effort, and and so that's what it's all about. To be honest with you. Yeah, and, I, and, and you I, know, I want to say. Yeah, and I think I just wanted to. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to say something else. I'm going to change the subject because I want to test our listeners and see if anybody's really out there. Um, I'm thinking about putting a trip together for the Solheim Cup in Scotland in 2019, and I need at least 10 people to go. So I'm throwing it out there. I want to know if, number one, you want to go, number two, if you want to go with me, and number three, if you want to be able to play golf three times, stay in a castle, and go to the event. And if you do, I want you to email me, cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and let me know that because I'm going to put this trip together with a company that's got private coaching, uh, coach travel, so we don't have to worry about renting a car. We don't have to worry about anything. They're just going to take us everywhere we want to go. So Solheim Cup 2019 in Scotland, if you want to go, email Cindy at cindymillergolf.com. Send me the, uh, send me the dates and, and all the particulars uh, involved. Cindy, email that to me when you get a chance. And I'll promote that as well uh, through my social media and, and direct them to you for anybody that might be interesting as well uh, as any of the listeners out there. Um, all right, since we uh, – again, we apologize. Uh, for some reason, Stephanie wasn't able to join us this morning, but we'll, we'll work that out uh, later on. Uh, but we have our, our second special guest, uh, Kara Moore. She's an LPGA teaching and club professional uh, at the Every, Everybody uh, Golf School in Oakton, Virginia. And let me just tell you a little bit about uh, Cara. She started playing golf at the age of seven and grew up in Centerville, Virginia, and took lessons from longtime uh, Virginia uh, coach uh, Varden Dyer. Uh, she was a four-year varsity golfer at uh, Westfield High School in Chantilly, Virginia. And after graduating from Marymount University, Cara volunteered uh, with the first tee in D.C. Uh, and recently started the first tee program at Oakmar Golf Complex in Oakton, Virginia. Uh, she's enthusiastic about golf and has a passion for uh, sharing golf with kids and teens and, of course, adults and credits the U.S. Kids Level Learning Program for a structured, goal-oriented, fun way to help juniors love the game as much as she does. Uh, as I mentioned, she's an LPGA teaching and club professional division uh, and currently uh, is beginning her second season uh, as an instructor at the uh, Everybody Golf School in Oakton, Virginia, as I mentioned. And uh, she was on a, our show, I believe, last year, and uh, we're glad to welcome her back. Kara, welcome to the show. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on again. I would love. I love just talking, sitting down and talking about golf. I could do it all day. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us, um, Cindy. Go ahead, and you can you can start things off. So tell us uh, what you're up to. So uh, we are actually just starting the second season, or I'm starting my second season at the Everybody Golf School in Oakton, Virginia. And believe it or not, here in Northern Virginia, we're still in winter. Um, Right now it's about 40 degrees, and it's actually been really crazy only because uh, I don't know if you know anything about the weather here, but uh, last week we did have a beautiful day that was 80 degrees, sunny, and then this past weekend I was teaching in layers and gloves, and um, so it's definitely been an interesting ride. We started our season at the beginning of March, so um, wow. it's definitely been one of those. Um, I guess it's something that every it happens all the time, but everybody is shocked every time 
we get this kind of weather and everyone complains. But then I think about the, the people in New York and Pennsylvania and I kind of say, oh, well, you know, at least we don't have snow on the ground. But yeah, <laughs> like we're just, we do. We're, yeah, we're just or, going or into Buffalo. the season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're just going into the season. Um, the conditions on the course are actually really great out here. I've been to a few courses since the season started, and uh, they've been able to keep the grass nice and green. Um, so it's definitely one of those things that I think we're all getting used to as instructors, but the golf courses are getting used to because this isn't something that um, has been going on for years and years. We used to have major snowstorms in the month of March. So I'm glad that the season's starting earlier because winter is very long without golf. So yep. I'm very <laughs> excited to start the season. Um, I think we're we're heading out of that cold period and heading towards spring, but somebody mentioned to me at the golf course the other day that we're kind of in a sprinter, so a spring and a winter at the same time because it snowed right. uh, here. It snowed here yesterday, so it's kind of it's you kind of get the best of I guess both worlds. I love the cold weather, but at this point, I'm ready for spring and I'm ready for a little bit of weather that Florida sees. I agree. I agree. So right. tell us what you've got cooked cooked <laughs> up for this season. So we've already started the for the first session of the first tee. Uh, usually they have a uh, spring one, which is kind of a jump start to the actual spring session. We're actually halfway through that. So um, I'm working with the kids out there in the cold. They're, you know, they're enjoying the golf and we're, we're making it fun. Um, I've already finished uh, multiple rounds of classes. Like I said, we started in early March, so the season has really kicked off and I'm just excited about, uh, the first tee program that's growing because, um, registration opened up for the class that I'm teaching now at, I guess it was, it was mid January and the next day the class was full. And so I think the last time we spoke, it was all about, you know, trying to get the youth into golf and um, they've definitely come out and shown that there is an interest. So that's something that we're still working on is getting more youth out and especially girls. We have a large class of girls um, with the first tee program, so I'm very happy about that. This season, we'll be doing some LPGA girls golf events at Oakmore, and so I'm definitely excited about putting those on. Um, but I also, I know you guys were talking about the Masters. I am very into the drive, chip, and putt contest. And so that's something that I have a few students who are interested in. So I'm very excited to see where that could go. Um, I know there was somebody from uh, Cindy's area who was out there this past week, and she did pretty well for herself. So the season is definitely – She happens to – Yeah, go go ahead. Lily Lily happens to be my student, yes. So and she won the the long drive contest and then she didn't do very well in the chipping and the putting but she got to the finals and she was very very excited so it's really awesome. Oh wow! I do. So I mean, just being able to give them that opportunity, the kids got excited about it about it when I mentioned it. But this season we're just adding more classes. We're adding more golf and. Um, I'm excited to continue what I've been doing, but the interest has definitely increased, which was a big goal of mine. And I think that's only because of word of mouth. I haven't really done any advertising. So I think, you know, people are starting to come out and the fact that, you know, we offer clubs if you don't have clubs and the fact that you could essentially come to the golf course with nothing and a positive attitude and, you know, at the end, you could be pretty well on your way to being a good leisurely golfer. I have a few kids who I could put in tournaments right now. So, and they just started with, they started with no golf clubs. So that's something I'm very excited Hmm. about. 
Awesome. Hey, Carol, let me ask you just, yeah, let me just ask you sort of a, a follow-up to that. Um, you know, you talked about how even just through word of mouth that you're getting uh, a, a, some positive uh, results and, uh, you know, haven't even really begun to advertise. But how important is it, do you think, especially now with, with you know, so many discussions in the golf industry about courses closing and, and things like that, how important is it right now, do you think, for the industry to really, as a whole, I'm talking about courses, professionals, really reaching out within their communities and, and trying to, to drive that interest a little bit more. I mean, we could do all the advertising on TV and, and that sort of thing, but how important do you think as it is on a local scale um, as professionals that we really reach out to our communities and, and let them know that golf is for everybody? I think it's extremely important. And the one thing that I've learned over the last year is uh, from my own uh, school, the Everybody Golf School, we have this uh, mission to kind of let everybody know that when you get to the golf course, you know, even if you're not taking lessons, you can walk out of there and be more engaged in golf than you were. But I am definitely just, you know, I've even talking to the people um, who live in my neighborhood. We have a face. Social media is a very good uh, outlet to, to address, you know, golf and, I can I can uh, think of a few courses just off the top of my head here in my area that are closing only because of, you know, they're trying to build houses. And I think that um, just word of mouth can go a long way. I know social media mm-hmm. and um, the ability to get on TV is something that is very easy these days. But when you're when you're in a community like the golf community, I think uh, people who know other people will kind of just talk about it, and then you know it gets to the ears of parents of kids. It gets to the ears of parents who used to golf, but they want to get back into golf. So I think that it's really important to just show your passion for it. Um, I personally go out there every day, you know, I wake up in the morning and even if I'm not going to the golf course or golfing, you know, people will ask me um, why I'm not in school because I guess I look a little younger than um, most people. And I tell them, you know, I'm a, I'm a golf instructor and that's what I do for a living. So it's not really that typical nine to five. And then we get on the topic of, Oh, where do you, where do you teach? Maybe I'll come out sometimes. So it's even the people, you know, at the bank. I had a conversation with someone at the bank the other day who asked me why I wasn't in school, and I had told them that <laughs> I graduated from college three years ago, um, and I told them that I was a golf instructor, and they were really surprised, and people are still very surprised to, um, you know, hear from a female that I'm a golf instructor, uh, especially at my age. I just turned 25 last month, so... Um, it's definitely word of mouth and talking it up. And that's something I'm very, very, uh, very good at, I guess. Good for you. (laughs) Go ahead, Cindy. Well, that's the way you have to be, you know? So uh, good for you because if you don't promote yourself, nobody else is going to promote you. And you have to be, you know, have conviction of the heart that you really know what you're doing and you can help people. That's why we all do what we do. So what's your favorite type of student? Oh, gosh. You know, I really like the ones who walk in and they get onto the range and they, I say, grab your wedge and they grab their putter. And it doesn't have to be a junior student. It doesn't have to be an adult. It's the ones who you they you see them the first lesson and then by the third lesson, they know every club in the bag. They've absorbed everything I've told them about golf. And I'm one of those golf club equipment nerds. So a lot of my students hear about the different types of golf clubs. And so my favorite student is probably the one who walks in, you know, knowing that golf is spelled G-O-L-F and their GPS got them, got them to the golf course. Um, and then walking out, you know, three weeks later, able to play on the course. I think those transformations are just so cool to see, but it's also, it's a two-way street. The instructor 
might be a good instructor, but the golfer also has to listen and kind of emulate what I'm teaching them. So uh, I think that's probably my favorite is the one who knows absolutely nothing and then is able to go out on the course and play a leisurely, you know, Sunday afternoon round and enjoy themselves. So, but I do like the ones who who are um, very eager to learn because I will talk about the compression of golf balls all day. And I have a few younger kids who are really interested in the physics of golf. So it's just one of those things where there's different groups of people that um, come onto the golf course where, you know, they don't know a thing about golf. They walk out, they're able to play on the course. And then the other groups where they're so technically into it that I kind of get on a rant. So I would definitely say both of those categories really get me excited. I I really enjoy those people who, you know, just want to try it out and end up succeeding. It's really fulfilling to me to see that they can actually do it. Yeah. Well said. And, you know, I think too, Car, that the the first impressions that we give as instructors uh, to a student like that are are critical because if 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 we can instill to them the fun and 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 passion that we have about the game, I think that that can be very contagious. Let me ask you sort of a follow up to to what you were just talking about, and you know, you've been teaching now for a year at at the Every, uh, Everybody Golf School, so you're you're starting into your second year there. What have you learned from students in the past year that you think is going to help you this year? What have you sort of taken away from last year's experience that is going to help uh, guide you this year? Well, actually, collectively, I think I've learned more than all the students I've taught combined, only because I've learned a lot about my teaching style. Um, I'm a very relaxed instructor. I am a very adaptive instructor, meaning I – I always look to the great fundamentals of golf uh, that Ben Hogan and Arnold Palmer gave us. But what I've learned is that every single person has their own swing, and a lot of people may not be able to do exactly what another person does with their swing. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to adapt to, you know, kind of what I see. And um, the LPGA education program has helped me a lot with figuring out a person's type of swing. And so I think the best part is I've learned to kind of adapt to each player who comes through the range and comes in contact with me. Um, I've definitely learned to be a little more patient with those who really don't know what's going on. And that's okay. Um, But I just try to, you know, help somebody, if they come to me with a swing already, I'm not trying to change their swing. I'm trying to help them adapt better to that swing so that they can hit the ball straighter or they can get a better trajectory. So it's not so much telling them exactly what they need to do. It's definitely working around the abilities that they already have. And I work with a lot of students, young and, you know, adults who who have disabilities and I personally have back issues. So I think being Mm -hmm. able to adapt in situations like that is something I've definitely grown with over the last year. And I I'm learning so much each lesson I teach. So that's something I'm really grateful for is I honestly don't think I'm ever going to stop learning. I don't ever want to stop learning. So while the students think they're, they're getting a lesson, it's really it's really me who's learning from them because they're bringing me a swing style that may not be like anybody else's. I think it's really cool. Fantastic. I like that. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Let me ask you about demo day. Do you guys have a demo day? And if so, when is it? And who comes and what happens? And Absolutely. We actually were supposed to have our Callaway Demo Day um, this past Saturday, but it snowed. 
And so um, that's actually rescheduled for uh, April 17th, which I believe is a Wednesday. And the whole Callaway uh, team comes. They bring TrackMan. And this year we're actually doing a test between the new ChromeSoft golf ball and the Titleist Pro V1. And, uh, of course, the new Callaway Rogue golf clubs will be out there. But the whole team comes from the area, the representatives from Callaway, and they bring every club you could possibly imagine. The great big Bertha Epics will be there. Um, We have a bunch of people who come out. It's something that if you're just going out to the range um, to hit golf balls, it's something you're able to see. There's plenty of, you know, banners and tents. And so demo days are really fun. And it's even better when you have all that uh, latest and greatest equipment that you may not be able to buy yet, you know, because it's so expensive, but at least you get to try it. And there are lessons. We do 10-minute lessons for people who just want a quick fix of their swings. We do raffles. It's really, I think it's one of those, I would compare it to a golf carnival. I think it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's fantastic. And you mentioned earlier you're kind of a uh, an equipment nerd, if you will. Um, so you obviously enjoy uh, seeing a lot of the the latest and greatest what's out there, and and um, uh, obviously it gives you an opportunity to maybe try a little bit uh, uh, throughout the day as well to see what's new and and uh, and exciting. Gives you an idea to to you know talk up some of the equipment uh, on on your side. Um, What's uh, now in a ten less uh, a ten minute lesson? Obviously, it doesn't give you a lot of time. But what traditionally is some of the more common ones that that you sort of try to help fix uh, while you're on the demo day uh, field, if you will? Well, actually, there's a few things. There's a there's a few things I look for in a person's swing, and for the ten minute lessons, I kind of go through my own checklist. Um, a lot of the golf swing I have figured out has to do with keeping your eye on the ball and making sure you're fully rotating in the swing. So those are definitely the first things I look for. The, I think the most common thing that people come to me with is I am fading the ball to the right so much. And oftentimes it's just a matter of telling them to keep their eye on the ball. Um, another, another one that we quickly address is a lot of people have very fast backswings. And I kind of show them the tempo of the golf swing, kind of a slower backswing, and then all the power comes in the downswing. So with those 10-minute lessons, it's actually pretty incredible what we can achieve um, as far as just getting down to the fundamentals. And that's something that I credit, you know, like I said, the great Ben Hogan and, and Arnold Palmer for, for teaching us. So those 10-minute lessons, I definitely make sure, um, I guess if you speak to my students, they'll probably tell you that I'm always telling them to keep their head down. So um, that's one of my major things. And then um, another thing is I'm just watching for, you know, their tempo of their tempo, the swing speed. And a lot of times people are just too fast. They need to slow it down a little bit and relax. But obviously it's golf, (laughs) so you can't really – I, I like to tell people to just chill out. I'm telling my students all the time, just chill out. We're, you know, golf's not really that sport where you need to hurry. So um, it's easy for me to say just chill out and relax. But, you know, it, their their brain is going 10 million miles a minute. But, yeah, with those 10-minute lessons, it's very easy to figure out if they're keeping their eye on the ball. It's very easy to figure out if, you know, they're hacking at it. And so – a lot of people walk away from those 10 minute lessons feeling like their game has changed dramatically. And it's great to see that. I mean, I was at, I was at Dick's sporting goods once and I had a guy come into the simulation room and he told me to fix his swing, uh, not knowing that I was an instructor. So uh, he said he had bought a brand new M2 fairway wood and it just wasn't working. And I was I was thinking, well, gosh, this is a great great piece of technology. I don't know I don't know how this thing couldn't work. I mean, they spent years developing it. 
So I told him <laughs> to keep his eye on the ball and um, make sure he's pulling down his backswing. And in four shots, he was dead straight. So I think it's, <laughs> I like to keep wow. it simple, stupid. So that's one of yeah. my things is just keep it simple. <laughs> Golf's already complicated enough. You don't need to complicate it anymore. <laughs> that's for sure. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. Go ahead, Cindy. So uh, tell us more about the Everybody Golf School. Who else is there if everybody's there? <laughs> yeah, everybody is there. Actually, on the colder days, we've got the range is full because we do have the heaters. Um, I am working with an amazing team. I am under uh, PGA Pro George Danielson, uh, as well as the one and only great Noel Jablonski, I enjoy watching her teach the most because she's just so interactive with her students. She likes to keep it simple. And so I think uh, being on such a team with experience and it's just so inspiring to me. It's something that I want to, I want to carry the legacy of the everybody golf school because I honestly, I, while the weather is awful, I, I do not want to leave. Uh, people are always asking me, why don't you move to Florida where you can golf year round? But there's an attachment that I have to the everybody golf school. And I, it's definitely because, you know, um, Noel and George have been so welcoming to me and they've allowed me to kind of put my, put my feet in the water and do some things on my own and figure it out myself. And so we have um, kind of a, a small instructing staff this year only because we lost a couple of people, but uh, we do have Linda Gowdy who comes and teaches occasionally. Her pr uh, primary course is international, Fairfax International Golf Course. So um, she'll be out there, and, and it's just I'm honestly – in awe of all the years experience we have at that one public golf course out there in Oakton, Virginia. So, um, when, when you say everybody's out there, yeah, everybody's out there from experienced golfers with experienced instructors to, uh, three-year-olds with their little U S kids sets. And it's one of those things that it's a family course. There's plenty of mothers, daughters, fathers, sons, grandmas. I mean, they'll come out and just watch the lessons. So I think when you say everybody golf school, it literally is for everybody, the whole family, which is really cool. Awesome. I, I think it's, it's everybody's into the game in the family and then they can, you know, go out to dinner afterwards and talk about what they've done on the course. So, um, or on the range. So that's definitely a, a vibe that we've given off and people have taken to it. It's for everybody. Right. Well, well said. Fantastic. You know, really Kara, the, the, the crux of it is, is, you know, as instructors, it's, it's about building relationships with people and, and bringing the best out of somebody. And it doesn't matter whether they're a 25 handicap or a scratch golfer, you want to make that experience for them a memorable one so that they want to keep coming back and they want to keep more importantly they want to keep being part of this great game because it is a fantastic game it has its challenges of course um and that's what we're there for is to to help them navigate through some of the challenges and some of the the difficulties they may be facing but uh, ultimately we want to make it a fun and, and a rewarding experience so that they they want to stay in the game uh you know because it is a lifelong game it's one of the only uh sports or games that i know of that you can play at, you know, get into the game at three years old and be still, you know, navigating around the course at 93. So uh, it's a game of all, you know, for all ages and very few, if any other sports that I can think of uh, can speak uh, to that, uh, to that accolade. Um, Carrie, I want to thank you for joining us uh, this morning on the women of golf. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you back and we're excited that you're doing uh, well and enjoying uh, the experience of, of not just teaching but meet, meeting people and helping them uh, with their game. Um, for those that maybe want to reach out and get a hold of you and, and maybe enjoy some of that experience as well, what's the best way that they can find out more about the Everyday uh, Everybody Golf School and, and Kara Moore? Uh, well, basically, you could just go to uh, everybodygolfschool.com. And the website, you know, you can book lessons. You can learn more about the 
Um, the classes that we have, we have so many different classes for all types of players. Um, and then you can also uh, follow us on Twitter at Golf Fairfax. Um, so that's really the best place to find more about um, the Everybody Golf School is everybodygolfschool.com and, um, and Golf Fairfax because on Twitter. So um, that's, that's where all the information is and you can sign up, you can get information, you can, you know, see bios of the instructors to see who you might fit best with. So that's what I would suggest is just going to our website and, and doing some exploring. Perfect. Well, Cara, thank you again for joining Cindy and I this morning uh, on the women of golf show. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We enjoyed having you and, and we hope you come back and visit us again sometime. I very much appreciate it. I, I really enjoyed just sitting down and talking about golf. So I will definitely come back if, if, when you'll have me. And um, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so Perfect. much. Have a great day, Cara. Thanks. You guys stay warm. All right. You, you too. too. Bye-bye. Right, thanks. All right, that was our very special guest, uh, LBJ Teaching and Club Professional, Cara Moore from the Everybody Golf School in Oakton, Virginia. Just go to everybodygolfschool.com, and uh, you can learn more information there uh, about uh, Cara and, and some of the other instructors there and about some of the programs. Um, well, again, our, our apologies. Uh, we're not sure what happened uh, to our first guest, Stephanie Meadow, from the uh, Symmetra Tour. Um, but again, we want to wish her uh, congratulations on her first win, uh, the Iowa Championship, this past weekend. And uh, we'll see if maybe we can get her on uh, on another show. But um, Cindy, I know you've got a you got a split, and I got a split, so we're going to wrap up a little bit earlier. But we want to thank everybody. Uh, and Cindy, uh, just before we go, why don't you just uh, give your pitch one more time about the Solheim Cup uh, for those that might be interested, how they can go about uh, getting a hold of you. Yeah, if I'm looking to do a trip to the Solheim Cup in Scotland in 2019, I need 10 interested bodies. I would accompany you. I would play with you. I would teach you. We would go to the Solheim Cup together. If you're interested and want more information, let me know. My email is cindy at cindymillergolf.com. Cindy at cindymillergolf.com, C-I-N-D-Y. Perfect. Um, and on that note, uh, we want to thank all of the listeners uh, worldwide for faithfully tuning in each and every week. And remember, you can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, and you can get us live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Or you can visit that link uh, later if you're not able to join us, or maybe if you joined us a little bit late this morning and just scroll down to the on-demand section, you can listen uh, to the previously aired shows, including today's, uh, in their entirety there under the on-demand section. Or you can go to iTunes.com, Stitcher.com, and now TuneIn.com, and just type uh, in uh, Women of Golf as well, and you can listen to any of those uh, media platforms as well. So be sure to join us uh, every Tuesday here on the Women of Golf. Uh, Cindy, I know you're going to be off for the next couple of weeks, so I'll be holding down the fort until you come back. Uh, we've got uh, a great show next week, so make sure you tune in uh, to us right here on the Women of Golf. Thanks on behalf of Cindy Miller and I. I'm Ted Rico. We'll see you next time here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. Welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs>